You're listening to Once, episode 277. Wish you were here. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Heather Ordover. And we are happy to have you with us as we discuss this winter finale of Once Upon a Time. Wish you were here. And truly, we do wish you were here. (laughs) Well, perhaps not all of you all at the same time. The studio is not quite that large. Well, we might have... A Once Upon a Time season six finale party. I've already been talking to a venue that we may be able to have in the northern Kentucky, greater Cincinnati area. So we'll have announcements for that later on as it gets closer to that finale date that we actually know for certain. But it looks like Once Upon a Time will probably be coming back on March 5th. Expect almost no podcast from us until then because I'll be having a baby But there will be a spoiler episode before the season returns, so you can enjoy some of those spoilers that Hunter and Jacqueline pulled together for you, because there won't be any spoilers in this episode. It's too early for that. But you can watch for that sometime in January, February 2017. Let's get on with this. This episode, no flashbacks, but kind of these parallel worlds. So the first question I want to discuss, (laughs) before we actually get into the details... This other world, do you think it's a fake world or is it an actual other world? Well, let's hope for everyone's sake that it's fake. (laughs) I was going to say that's the million dollar question, right? Because, wow, if it's real, yikes, bad things happen. Evil Queen referred to Emma as being trapped in a wish. How she knows what the result of her wish was, I don't know. But Regina slash Evil Queen always does seem to know these things. It's true. She's like that. That's why I don't like her very much. Huh? It's not the only reason. It's just one of, <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> I don't like her because she knows more than I do. <laughs> exactly. No one shall know more than me. No. No, that's so not true, especially today. I have some reasons to think that this is an actual world. No. No. Really? Yes, I don't Spill like it. I don't like the direction that they could go with this. But it is a direction that they could realistically go with the way that they've set this up. Though the little hints here and there that this might not be such a real world after all, but that it could be something that will have to be reckoned with further in the remaining half of the season. Okay. Like look at how they dealt with Rumpel. Yeah. He's extremely Mm -hmm. impish, which makes total sense. The fact that he's in prison now for 28, 30 years and he's gotten Mm -hmm. a little crazy from that. So, some things about that, but (laughs) there's all of this talk about, well, it's just a fake world. So, releasing me on this fake world, releasing fake me on this fake world isn't going to be such a catastrophe. Right. Well, it'll be fake catastrophe. Yeah. What if it's not such a fake world? Because these things, these decisions have consequences, right? So it would seem that by releasing Rumpel in this world, it may have actual consequences that this is some kind of parallel universe. And there's the whole Robin thing. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this is a world that you can leave via a magical being, yeah. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that you can be transported to, it's a place. It is an actual place. It's not, it's not inside of a storybook, but it seems like it's an actual alternate reality parallel universe of some sort. Then again, we don't have any confirmation that that being worked because no one used it. That's true. So that may not be the way out anyway. Yeah. Fair point. The, the, uh, it does start to get into quantum theory, doesn't it? And that's all <laughs> I'm going to say on that because of the way the day has gone. But I'm going to consult my 16-year-old and I'll have some information for you as I, when we come back. <laughs> so let's dig into this episode in detail. This episode was very much a regular episode with some big cliffhangers. Like we talked about in the initial reactions, they didn't really resolve any of the big things. They took some steps in those big things, Mm -hmm. and then they gave us even bigger cliffhangers. Well, did they or didn't they? So Mm. a snake in a cage is far less formidable as an enemy than the evil queen. So did that get resolved with a flick of the wrist? That That is the one thing that I wonder if it is a resolution or isn't, because it is still the evil queen. Mm-hmm. There's none of this reintegration, which is really what I and Gareth and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other fans were hoping that there would be a reintegration yeah. of evil queen into Regina. But they've pretty firmly established that Regina isn't half a person. She even has the capacity for darkness still. She's, she's a whole person. She doesn't necessarily need that evil queen that she sort of shed. True. True. I was trying to go back and think, where are all of the snakes that we've seen in Disney films? And well, I've, I've, only got, I've only got a couple of them. And there have to be more. Well, the one I'm thinking of most prominently is from Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. A little bit larger. There's, yeah. Yeah. And he was, wasn't he a, uh, was he a bow constrictor? What was he? A python? Uh, probably, yes. <laughs> One of Because <laughs> he tries to suffocate Mowgli, I think. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. The only other snake I could think of was the one that um, uh, Jafar turns into in Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And that's a cobra. But that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because that didn't seem to have anything to do with the genie Aladdin or Jasmine. So, Ka. That's right. Thank you, Ash. Ka was the snake in the Jungle Book. So let's jump to the graveyard. Good grief. Or at least the graveyard scene. (laughs) From this, we see that it seems Evil Queen does still actually kind of have some feelings for Robin. Some regrets or some missing feelings why is she there that's the question yeah because of those feelings except that she said his death was the best thing that ever happened to them that because his death is part of what inspired regina to separate herself ah yeah if he hadn't died she never would have split (laughs) ha ha literally (laughs) (laughs) but this sword is a very interesting weapon. So it can harm the split, but not harm the original. Okay, so... uh, Regina grabs her face when Evil Queen's face gets cut, and 
I thought they were going to say, oh, no, you can't hurt her without hurting Regina. But then she didn't have a cut. And I realized we've actually never even seen that happen. Regina crushed Evil Queen's heart and was fine. We've never seen anything done to Evil Queen affect Regina that I can think of. And things have happened to Evil or have happened to Regina that didn't affect Evil Queen. It's just their heart that's linked. So I don't know why that was a big mm. deal. There was no precedent for it. Uh, well, I'm thinking about Jekyll and Hyde here. When mm-hmm. when Jekyll was hurt, it did affect Hyde. Mm. There was a scar that they shared, and when one of them mm-hmm. died, the other died. But they had separate beatings suffered, sometimes at the hands of each other. Right. What is the algorithm like, on that? Yeah, I think Regina grabbing her face was kind of a misstep. I, You know, I thought it was just a, a psychological reaction more than anything, that she sees the sword go at Evil Queen's face, and it's kind of the gasp. Maybe. Maybe. You know, wait, am, am I going to be okay kind of thing? But I hadn't been thinking about the number of times that things had happened that didn't affect the other. And that does kind of throw a wrench in it. Yeah. So I, I think that part wasn't a big deal, but it did hurt her and she couldn't heal it. Mm-hmm. That was the more interesting part. The sword reminds me a little bit of Excalibur. Remember a right? wound from yes. Excalibur? Uh, couldn't be healed, and it cuts in multiple dimensions, worlds, realms, ties, deepest ties, and all of this stuff. <laughs> Lots of superlatives. <laughs> yeah, and it seems <laughs> like this sword is kind of like that, that it's able to cut without cutting. It's able to split. Without splitting? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what any of this means, but keep going. (laughs) Run with it. Run with it, Daniel. And I wonder if that sword is also going to be key to Emma's and Regina's return back from whatever we're going to call that world. Fake world? Fake world. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell me it's not just the fake realm or the fake enchanted forest or the fictional enchanted forest. The enchanted <laughs> fake. Maybe that's what we should call Maybe it. Maybe it's the dream world. <laughs> I don't know how you could physically be there, but at least that'd be something we've seen, which wasn't really a world, but it could be a dream state. It's, that's probably not true. But <laughs> Ash said he's heard wish world. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. Huh. The fandom. Adam Horowitz called it the wish realm in an interview recently. And uh, thanks, Jack, who writes our show notes for commenting on that. So that's what we'll call it that for now then, which I think we calling it wish realm really makes me feel like it is another world. But anyway, my point created my point in bringing that up is the sword has this ability to affect a fake version of something else. Mm-hmm. A split of something else Ooh. without it affecting the actual. The original. What is the wish realm? It is a split. It is a fake mm-hmm. of something else. Mm-hmm. So that seems really tightly connected to this sword. Like, are we to believe that when Evil Queen made that wish, that it suddenly created this whole new world? A whole new world. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, no. Nice no, 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 no. I draw my line at that song. 
That is my line in the sand, mister, and you just crossed it for a split second there. <laughs> line in the sand, Aladdin joke. Oh, 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 there's so many. We can keep going all night. We, we might have to. <laughs> so keep that in mind as we're having this conversation. Think about the sword. Think about the nature of the split world, yeah. the wish realm. Now, when Evil Queen, after she's bleeding, she goes back to uh, sit on Rumpel's car, which apparently that's where you go. Let me try that transition again. I want to point out one thing before you move on. Okay. Now's a good time. Okay. Also, time-wise, this all appears to be happening in rapid succession with the events of the previous episode based on Regina's very shiny buttons and Emma still wearing that... Um, we'll call it eye-catching floral <laughs> top throughout the entire episode. I love how fashion conscious you are. <laughs> we <laughs> talked so a lot about awesome. that shirt and she was still <laughs> wearing it. And I guess maybe I am fashion conscious. That's just that mm-hmm. jacket or that coat that Regina's wearing mm-hmm. is just not my favorite look for her. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you need to change that. Has it been exceptionally cold in Canada because they're all dressed much more warmly than they've ever let these characters dress before. <laughs> so I don't know if they just got tired of being cold or what the deal is. Timing-wise, they are catching up to when they air the episode and when they've recorded it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they get so much of a leeway or an advance, but then they start catching up. So most likely, yeah, this could have been recorded during some cold yeah. months in mm-hmm. maybe October. Which is still crazy November. for me to think about that when we start the season— these things that we see later on, they haven't even recorded yet. If you listen to the spoilers from Hunter and Jacqueline in the past episodes, <laughs> which that can be a lot of fun. See, here's the way I recommend you listen to our podcast. <laughs> and I learned this back in uh, throw back over here to uh, Graham from the wow. 10th Wonder podcast, which was a Heroes fan podcast. I got a lot of how I run this podcast inspired by that podcast. But what I would do, flashback here. What I would do when listening to that, and this is how I recommend you listen to our podcast, is if you don't want to be spoiled, then stop listening to the podcast before the spoilers come, but leave the episode in your podcast app. Then after the next episode of the TV show airs, then go back and listen to the spoilers, or at least to the first portion of the spoilers until they get into episodes after that. Now, after (laughs) an entire season passes, you could go back and listen to all of those spoilers and see what things were real, what things were bad predictions from the spoilers. (laughs) And it can be a fun way to learn some of this. So Jacqueline and Hunter probably know exactly when this episode was recorded and they probably talked about it back in those months but i don't listen to the spoiler so i I can't have that information in the conversation that happens with rumple after this scene that we've been talking about and that inspired so many conversations rumple makes it seem like he knew that this sword that he's had in his possession all of this time that he knew it could harm the evil queen and kill her Without harming Regina. I have one very key wording question. You may not know the answer. Did he say she found the weapon or found a weapon? I didn't know either time that I've watched it. I'm pretty sure he said a weapon. He may not know everything about everything that he has. Right. But I think the sword wanted to be found because it was right there on the top of everything when she found it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
he did make a threat to Evil Queen. And I wonder, is that a threat that still needs to be fulfilled? Like, it goes back to, well, is the Evil Queen in that snake form, is that still the Evil Queen? Or is right. it, does it need to be defeated, even though it's in a snake in a cage? I think it would be fun to see Regina pull out her heart and squeeze it just a little bit and see what the snake does. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch it squirm. Now I know a lot about you, Jeremy. That, <laughs> that just told me tons. Is the thing the gold thing the snake is wearing? Is that the cuff? Transformed. Oh, it must be right. Yes, that would make. That's sense. what it was. Thank you. Yeah, because it was in this scene that Rumple put the cuff on Regina or Evil mm-hmm. Queen, rather, and it, which totally Rumple. That's the kind of person you should put a mean cuff like that on yes, <laughs> right? the woman you're trying to love. But it's the, the cuff of uselessness and I'll tell you why later. Okay. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so back at the Charmings, uh, Emma says something that I think is, is really mature of her. I can't sit out of every battle because I think it might be my last. The savior, kid. You're also my mom. And that's totally... A good point. You can't just wait around because you know the future. You can't just say, well, I'm I'm going to avoid everything so that that future doesn't happen. Well, if it's a future that's going to happen, she really can't prevent it, right? It's a fate that she supposedly can't prevent, but at least we know it's not Emma versus Emma, but it could still be a different Emma being killed. Uh, It could could be wish Emma. Could, but I don't think so. Especially since the nature of the Oracle has still not been explored any further. So far, everyone, we've been seeing Jafar everywhere and he's nowhere. Hmm. So far. Mm. But if we are to take everything at face value, then Emma will die. Obviously, there's a loophole, I would say. But on the day that she saw, in the battle that she saw, it's like they were like... It's like, don't worry, fandom. It's not just a trick. (laughs) Yeah, unless this uh, wish realm has something to do with this and might provide a means for changing some of these things. Except there can't be two Emmas there because she is both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true. She hasn't been split. And let's face it, Mm. that other version of her ain't going to be fighting. (laughs) Jasmine's in trouble and we get to see evil queen use what seems to be her first wish because that's when she awakens aladdin and aladdin's like oh snap i'm your genie that's not the genie i wanted to be i have a question about that and i Mm. think it might be answered by later scenes and Mm -hmm. by potentially breaking a pretty cardinal genie rule throughout the episode but i think I want to say that in what they've set up here, whoever grabs the lamp and rubs it becomes the master of the genie. And the reason I think that is because there were it changed hands twice. There were three different masters of the genie yeah. in this episode, and we never saw any of them use three wishes. And the the other reason that I think that is that it seems really odd to me that he would put the cuffs on so selflessly become the genie 
he being Aladdin, and then Jasmine would just be like, that was so thoughtful. I'm going to just keep you in the lamp until I need you again. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think she'd have rubbed the lamp and brought him back out at some point between? Now, maybe not much time has passed, but I, f- I feel like she almost would have done that almost immediately because he is a person. He is her friend. Why would she not just let him out of the lamp? Maybe she I felt weird too. being his master. Yeah, I suppose I- you have a point. <laughs> 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 well played <laughs> nicely done i that was my first thought was oh she's going to free him the same way that aladdin freed the genie in the cartoon and mm, it didn't happen i was waiting yeah but she has to free him after she uses her wishes her for other what two wishes was supposed to be used for right 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 i thought she just wished to find agrabah and then let him go yeah. But that's just me. I'm like that. Well, I think there is a way to reconcile all of this stuff with the wishes. There are two possible ways. One is that the rules for this genie lamp are different. Blah. Because that's this my is summary of my thoughts on that. <laughs> this is not the same genie lamp that we've seen in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, where we learned all about the rules and laws of genie magic and that kind of thing. And it's possible that it was created in the same way. Someone stole water from Nyx, and then Nyx cursed them to serve the needs of others. That's possible, sure. Uh, But then again, in Wonderland, it wasn't possible to wish someone to not be the genie anymore. Remember, in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Alice and Cyrus actually had that conversation. Can't she just wish him to not be a genie, or can't she just wish him free? And Cyrus had said... Several other masters had tried to do that before, and it didn't work. I forgot. And the first time that we see the genie lamp in Once Upon a Time, proper, not Wonderland, but it's in the episode The Fruit of the Poisonous Tree, it is when King Leopold wishes the genie Sidney free. So it seems that as far back as that, that the rules of these genie lamps are a little bit different. Ah, <sighs> yeah. I don't. As, hmm, I don't know why I should be surprised. <laughs> uh, it seems like, uh, and wishing in general throughout this episode, it seems like once proper is, it's a lot easier to be or have a genie in once proper than in once upon a time in Wonderland. Yeah. So maybe those were much more complexity laden genies that were created by Nix. Yeah. Now, the other way you could reconcile this, but I'm in favor of that first way, that the laws for this genie are different from the laws of the genie in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. The other way you could reconcile this is, let's give a little grace to the production crew and assume there's this deleted scene of Evil Queen using a second wish so that the third wish we see her use, or what seems like a second wish, that Regina uses... Mm -hmm is actually the third and final wish, thus freeing Aladdin from being the master of Evil Queen and Regina. So then later, David takes the lamp, and he can become the master of that lamp because its wishes have been used all up. And then when he gives the lamp to Jasmine, he is willingly giving it to her, and he said, 
you are the master of the lamp now or the master of the genie. So maybe by that act, even though he didn't do something like pull water from a river near a cave and then drink it with her and say, now you're the one in charge. Oh my gosh. But maybe uh, <laughs> just in that act of giving it to her willfully and saying you're the master of this genie and the lamp, maybe that transferred or canceled his wishes so that she did truly become the new master. That one's more complicated. I feel like, you know, there's that Occam's razor rule that uh, all things being equal, if when you have two theories, most likely the simplest one is more correct. Well, I think the simpler solution is that this genie lamp follows different rules than the genie lamps in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Because if you don't watch Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, I feel like there's absolutely no conflict with what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Well, except that everything anybody knows about genies from other stories is that you get three wishes, you use three wishes, and then the genie can be somebody else's. So I think it's a little bit overly I don't convenient know. to have it hop around. The the peaceful transfer of power, very Adams and Jefferson there for a moment, um, seems seems plausible. It does. I'm uh, but they didn't. But I didn't. I did not watch all of Wonderland, so I may be more prone to going to the the Jeffersonian route. But they could have added a couple lines, like Aladdin says oh, that it can true. work that way, and then they're like, "How do you know?" And it's like, "Ah, being a genie comes with all this knowledge." Hashtag hire the nerd. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's something fun. You want to be a contributor to the podcast? If you can, just record yourself saying hashtag hire the nerd and we'll <laughs> stick a few of these on the soundboard so we can play them, which could be a lot of fun, especially if this is the last season of Once Upon a Time. Get your voice on the soundboard. That sounds like fun, right? Yeah. You can send us that and also comment on this episode, by the way, for the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 277. So back to this scene, we're like digging and chasing all of these rabbits and rabbit trails and all of this stuff through these first few (laughs) scenes. But this episode is packed with a lot of stuff. Also, it's a winter finale, so it's fate. We usually go topical on finales, so it's just fate. Yeah. Mm. And this episode is very much a combination, though. And I kind of felt like it would be because it wasn't something that we could simply go topical on like we have done for other finales before, because this has the feel of very much a regular episode just with a really big cliffhanger and then Mm -hmm. several months of nothing. Yeah, and I dare say a slight stretch to get some fun things to happen, like seeing what the Enchanted Forest might have been like without the curse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I say a stretch because this is not what I would expect the outcome of, re- of Evil Queen's wish to be. Hmm. Technically, I don't know whether she made a wish herself that she constructed herself or wished that Emma's wish would be fulfilled. But either way, this isn't what I would have expected. Yeah, that's another little technicality. And why not this wish send Emma, and later Regina, to the land of untold stories? That seems like the place to go where your fate... Is frozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the language of it, she wished that she would never have been a savior. So this was a very familiar problem. I, I really enjoyed this episode, but it was it was very similar to when we had the whole buildup of the author rewriting 
people's lives. And so finally, he rewrites the story the way he wants it told. And while a couple of things changed in the real world for him, everybody else suddenly was just trapped in a fake world that they kind of wanted to show us for the finale, trapped in a book. He didn't actually change reality, which is what we had all expected. And so you hear a wish like this, and then it's granted. You would expect history to change if that were possible, which perhaps it's not. You can't do that without a baby. Oh, gosh. Uh, Well, there are some (laughs) of those around, um, or are there. But yes, you would expect, if, if Emma were not the savior, at the very least, I would expect her to sit I might expect the next scene to actually be her blowing out the star candle or something like that. But then the rest of the episode is really boring because just Henry doesn't show up and Emma opens a bottle of wine and just sits in her New York apartment or Boston or wherever it was she lived. And she's not the savior and everybody else is still living under the curse. Evil Queen isn't separate from Regina and everybody's just the same and they just stay that way for the next however long. It's kind of like the episode conflicts in what happens with what they say. Later on, Rumpel says that basically Evil Queen created the savior because every savior needs a villain. So Mm -hmm. wouldn't that mean that the savior created the villain? But don't think about that too much. (laughs) Instead, that's the way, that's what they're saying. Okay, Evil Queen created the savior. So Emma is in a world where the Evil Queen has been defeated. But the curse seems to be what created Emma's savior status because from season one, we learned that Rumpel wrote Emma into the curse, making her the savior of the curse. And the the savior title is something that's then been stretched out significantly since then. That's true. Mm -hmm. You could argue that the villain of Regina woke that part of Emma up. Yeah, that's another way to look at it. So what seems to be happening, though, in this fake world is that this is a world not without Emma being the savior. Mm -hmm. This is a world without Regina having cast the curse. Yeah. So if Mm -hmm. you were going to. So that's another interesting way, because and again, this probably comes more from Wonderland, although I thought they referenced it somewhat in Once Proper recently, wishes being unpredictable. You could. Mm -hmm argue that that's instead of just affecting emma it would affect everybody in causing her mm-hmm. as a method of making her not the savior there's nothing to save anybody from but yeah i wouldn't have expected her to be quote trapped in a wish like yeah no history changed everybody else was still exactly where they were just no emma yeah mm-hmm. so it's a little odd if they had even changed the wording like Emma wished or Evil Queen wished that Emma's life would be as if she had never been, as if she had never been the savior. Mm -hmm. Then that wording almost even would create more of an opening for this to be how the wish is answered because that would make her life, present tense, as if she never became the savior well the curse if you look at it this way the curse is what made emma the savior Mm -hmm. so in order for her to have never been a savior you need a land in which the curse was never cast and if the curse was never cast (laughs) then emma would be the princess back in enchanted forest snow and charming would be 28 years older than emma 
that was something that was hard for me to understand the first time yeah. I watched the episode. Why do they seem older in this other world? Oh, yeah. It's because they did actually age. They weren't they locked in aged. time. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I figured that. Yeah. Um, but another possibility is, like you said, just string theory. <laughs> History did change, but it created an alternate reality that Emma got put into. <laughs> and it didn't actually change this world because you can't. So Emma time traveled and it created a whole new timeline. I don't think they really want to take this show there, but I love <laughs> but and hate you will. The, I love and hate the theory. I hate it because Regina killed Snow and David and that's like yeah. yikes yeah. if that's yeah. a real world. But I did like this first scene in the Wish Realm <laughs> with Emma's fake birthday party there. Yeah. It's so much like season 1, her blowing out the candle, the music, a little lone candle on a cupcake. So season one, really nice to see them tie back into these earlier episodes like that. And, and a lot of the stuff in that flashback was very much season one, like with like the evil queen storming into that room as well. But yeah, it was fun. Um, and in this world, I think there is potentially still a savior. My name is Sir Henry, Knight of the Realm, and I shall defend all of you. <laughs> yep. They didn't kill Henry. <laughs> or fake Henry, that is. Yeah. So they, they didn't. And when he said that, I had the same thinking. So he could be the savior of this realm. How somehow. old is he? How old do you have to be to become a knight? Uh, he would probably be. Well, one would think he'd be the same age as he is in Storybrooke. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying. The Black Fairy needs to take him on a little trip, just a little one, so they can just go ahead and say 16. They've all, ah, yeah. <laughs> I, I gave up with that idea for aging him, and then they've basically come up with a world where time moves differently. Yeah, and, and 16 <laughs> would seem like the age for a young prince to be yeah. knighted. Yeah. 16 or 18, somewhere around there. Right. You know, 12, 16, 18, one of those birthdays. Mm, wow. <laughs> 14, uh, sorry, 14-year-olds. There's nothing really special that happens at 14. <laughs> it's all over before it begins. Wow. That got dark. Right? <laughs> Back in our world, Rumpel tries to use that magic that we've seen him use before to locate Neil, and it pointed to Neverland. We never got to see what Neverland looked like on a globe, but we just hear that that's what it was and rumple was able to recognize it this time it completely fails so that's because he used hair magic instead of blood magic we all know blood magic is better <laughs> and last time all he had to do was prick his finger and drop it on the globe but this time for whatever reason he needed like bell's hair and his hair and that needle on the end of the globe just sat unused and he just threw hair at it there could be some kind of little loophole that maybe blood magic like that for tracking abilities only works on the firstborn. Uh, because we've seen Emma use it yeah. to find Henry. We've seen Gold use it to find Neil. Firstborn get everything. Hey, I'm a firstborn. Here's why. And maybe there's a loophole like that. But this is why I called the cuff useless. Rumple has about 10,000 ways to track people. Wherever they are. Why does he need the cuffs? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a very good point. 
They're all you know, so shocked. We're all so busy being like, there he goes again, putting her in another kind of cage. Never mind the fact that he can pretty much find her no matter where she is. I wonder if that was a cut scene too, because the fact that they spent all that time showing him spinning, you know, going back to the original Rumpelstiltskin story and having him spinning and then actually designing a, a bracelet that looked like it was spun gold and... And in that sense, my immediate perception of it was, oh, well, that's, that's tying her to him. That is a, a physical bondage, you know, thing where she is yeah. now tied to him. Um, it never crossed my mind that the line didn't match that. Mm-hmm. Because he did say, I'll just, oh, I'll always be able to find you. Not like, I've got your heart on a string, baby. It's, <laughs> it, that's not what he said. Right. Oh, now I have to go think about this more. <laughs> Because <laughs> I mean, the, tracking spells were their absolute favorite thing last season. Mm. So we know there's a lot of way. There are a lot of ways to do that, and they've even used them this season. Mm-hmm. A particular shoe comes to mind. <laughs> Meanwhile, Evil Queenie is getting her Appletini. Whoa! <laughs> and one of the important <laughs> things I think we learn here is wishes can't be undone. We learned that here. I don't think that's ever been brought up before. Can you undo a wish? I mean, it makes total sense, sure. Because, yes, wouldn't everyone think that Regina would just say, I wish that you would undo the wish regarding Emma? Because that would make a whole lot more sense. No, it was definitely a no-give-backs There were some just dangerous wishes made in this show. I was not pleased with any of them. No. Send me to wherever Emma is. Oblivion? Cool. She has exactly. no way of knowing where Emma is. <laughs> Floating you. over a bed of lava? <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft trick. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Oh, Minecraft. <laughs> and uh, with this fun scene between the Evil Queen and Aladdin. Scariest thing in a while. Oncepodcast.com slash 277. <laughs> Has you covered with a few animated gifts for you. You're welcome. I'm not here for your perversions. <laughs> I just loved Aladdin's ew. Yep. That spoke volumes to me. That was great. And you can have that to have and to hold and use from this day forth by going to oncepodcast.com slash 277. You could also put your own text on top of the GIF if you want, if you have the tools to be able to do that and share that out. It, it's just great. We've got the one of Evil Queen's wink and oh. then Aladdin's ew and then the two put together, <laughs> her wink and his ew face put together. Oncepodcast.com slash 277. But Regina did do something smart. Yeah. She didn't drink an apple-based drink from mm-hmm. the Evil Queen, who she also happened to use to be. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the whole wishing, because she uh, and both of them are her, it's kind of like we are both, but the reverse. Yeah, I felt like that was a stretch, but a logical stretch. I, I like it. And it has connections for something a little bit later on, too, which we'll bring up later on (laughs) but nonetheless regina enters this wish world as well that is such a tongue twister that i'm going to make it easy for our audio editor and easy for you if i struggle to say wish realm or wish world other times 
just please give me some grace and I'm just going to move on. Maybe it's at the bottom of the wishing well. Really? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Take that back. Oh, I, I, take, I take it back. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't seen the well in a while either. No, we haven't. But it's the best place for people to do magic. Well, yeah. well, well, well. It was really nice and funny to see Emma as a princess, just being like so Disney princess-like. Yes, <laughs> singing the Sleeping Beauty song. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. I laughed out loud. Yes, it was fabulous. I'm so happy they let her do it because she, she had to have had fun. It's like, oh, I get to wear a dress <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and carry flowers. <laughs> she finally got to be Princess Emma. Yeah. No, and I thought she did a great job too. Not like stuck in a dungeon or tower. <laughs> chained up right. and guarded by a dragon lily. And speaking of dungeons and towers, Regina goes to visit hers, uh, which is pretty cool how it's all torn down and all grown over and everything. Yeah, why was it so dilapidated? Because Evil Queen has been defeated in this wish realm. But it used to be the Summer Palace. Snow had an emotional connection to that palace, and it's a freaking castle it's only been 28 years why did it crumble like did evil queen just maintain it with her magic was it a fragile castle maybe (laughs) maybe maybe with the source of the dark magic gone it just didn't have any life left in it yeah i thought it was a little overly aged but it was an interesting effect a little strange that rumple is in the basement of this castle because we've seen before in season one when they had Rumple in the prison before the curse was cast we don't know exactly where that was but we could and we have assumed that it was either under Prince Charming's castle or nearby yeah it was not under the queen's control right definitely that was for sure so a little strange that it would be here Mm-hmm. Because if the curse wasn't cast, and that's the the premise of this realm, is that the curse wasn't cast, as well as Neil somehow came to mm-hmm. this realm instead of the other world. Well, oh. Because yeah. painting. Because there's mm-hmm. still the dark one. So Yeah, I wonder about still that too. a lot older than the rest of them. So you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking he was just a peasant boy and somehow he and emma fell in love and he became nobility Mm. because they weren't hung up on such things as bloodlines and but you're right it makes Mm. not the most sense in the world yeah that's i feel like that's actually the biggest loophole of this episode but that aside Mm. i loved seeing rumple like this and makes total sense that he's that insane and that impish even more so than we've ever seen him before because he's been locked up for 30 or so years well that's how he was in the pilot not this much he came down from the ceiling yeah he was a little (laughs) bit and and the fun behind the scenes that we've heard in the the special features and interviews and such is that his robert carlisle's performance for that pilot episode Mm. actually intimidated the other cast (laughs) because he did it so well but here i think he's a little bit even more insane do you remember him screaming what's her name yeah uh well but either way i felt at first like well because he's so been so different since the pilot i thought it was weird for them to remind us 
of the difference. But then I realized that even in the pilot, that's the oldest we ever saw Enchanted Forest Rumple. Yeah. Ooh. That's true. Time to go insane, even before the curse. And yeah, now he's been sitting, I guess, in that cell for like another 28 years or whatever. Yeah, 30 or 34 or something like that. And Eating bugs. He sounds very much like Gollum in many of those moments. And he did even say the word precious. (laughs) Yes, he did. My precious I wrote that down. (laughs) I wrote it down in my notes. I'm like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) That was great. So the curse did exist in this world, but evil queen of this world failed to cast it. She was defeated. At a nondescript spot in the forest. Mm Mm-hmm. And even in this world, Rumpel knows that Emma is the savior. He knows about Storybrooke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how he knows, he says, doesn't matter. And the way he says it, <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> it matters. Well, yeah. He, yep. It was very season one Rumpel. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was drafty. <laughs> So one of my thoughts that really started building in my mind with this scene is he knows about Storybrooke and it seems like he's hiding how he knows and he desperately wants to get out of that prison and he refers to of all of the rumbles in the universe later on and stuff. If this isn't actually a fake realm, it's some kind of alternate universe, hmm. could they go fringe on us? <laughs> <laughs> Fringe was another TV series that, as a big premise to the series, was that there were these alternate universes that were basically at war with each other. And some characters crossed over between these different realms and took over the roles of the character in the mirror realm, or a character in one world died. And so the character was brought from the other world to fill that role in this world. It's that kind of parallel universe and war between the parallel universes thing. It's kind of a big theme to Fringe. Fun TV series to watch, by the way. So I'm wondering if they're going Fringe with Once Upon a Time as well. Uh, I don't know, because they usually claim that they don't even want to get into time travel, but I can see them doing it. I can, I mean, they've done time travel. I can see them doing things that they previously thought they couldn't do or wouldn't do, but it's still terrible because, first of all, and here's where I'm not sure if it works unless Emma's traveling did splinter it because there aren't two Emmas, apparently, um, despite all the previous theorizing about their ending up being two Emmas. But, yeah, I mean, with... Snow and David having been killed by the, quote, evil queen. But mm-hmm. Emma would know that it was actually Regina. <laughs> like, that's just, I don't know. That's messed up in several different ways. And I know this is a plot device used by several other things, like Deep Space Nine used it. Uh, there have been cartoons that have used it, like Darkwing Duck used it. One of my favorite episodes, actually, of Darkwing Duck was when they used this plot device. Uh, Smallville used this as well and characters crossing over and being able to come back to the TV show after they've been (sighs) dead in one realm. They're back because they came from a different realm. I wonder where it started. Even the original Star Trek did it in the 60s. Yeah. I get the impression that Rumpel wants to come to Storybrooke. I totally thought he did. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. For a few seconds. <laughs> we didn't get to see if anyone jumped through the portal. The portal did close oh. on its own. And there have been some pieces of speculation. I think it was Brianna who sent in some speculation that maybe the portal could still be used because no one jumped through it. But what if Rumple jumped through it and... Once someone goes through the portal, then it starts to close. So what if Rumple came to Storybrooke, but he didn't? No, he didn't. No. I thought uh, the first time that we saw Gideon come to Storybrooke, I thought that's Rumple. Yes, like I did too. Impish Rumple from the fake world. That's what I thought. I, I, I actually said, oh... They found a way to get Evil Queen back without regressing Regina. Now they're going to find a way to get actual Dark One Rumpel into Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. But that theory didn't last very long. Right. <laughs> they still could go that direction, I think. They could. Hmm. I don't know. I, I wonder if that's, that's the only way to defeat... Uh, I keep calling him Mordred. Because the first time I saw him, that was the impression I got. And I... I feel born out because um, I've been trying to figure that out. He's a, he's a complicated character and I know we'll get to it later, but, but I hadn't thought about Rumple coming back, the true evil one, Rumple coming back and what he could affect if he did. So you have a gold and you have a Rumple. Ooh, and then you get the split thing again, don't you? He did say on behalf of all Rumple Stiltskins everywhere. <laughs> it's true. He did. <laughs> mm. Back in Storybrooke, Rumple visits Belle at the bench, and I thought it was a nice first step for him to take the bracelet off and start to Mm -hmm. try to prove himself to Belle by action, not words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a start. How many times has he started that? Yeah. Well, with Rumple, it's usually been only words. Mm, That's true. That is true. He's very convinced that their son is not in a place where he can track. I mean, it turns out he's right, but I feel like he didn't try very hard. Apparently the dark (laughs) realm, which that's what I'll call it for now. It makes me think that because they can't track this dark realm, that they also can't travel there. Only people with special abilities can travel there, like the Black Fairy, uh, Gideon for some reason, or maybe the Black Fairy opened the portal for Gideon. So Gideon can't travel mm. between realms. He was just sent through a portal. But this seems like an extremely limited place that no one could get to, no one can find. It's like a planet that doesn't orbit a star. Or it's, Jeez, that's it's so like, poetic. I know. Oh, <laughs> it's some place that no one can go. The secret dark place. Rumpel did say that he can't even get there. Back in the Wish Realm, Prince Henry's knighting, again, looks so great for like the season one parallels and everything. Mm -hmm. And there was that wonderful look of pride on Regina's face when she got to see him. And just, I I love how they did that and how they tied it in so much with the season one pilot and the stuff that, what would have been stuff that did happen in this realm with Regina bursting into the room, right. trying mm-hmm. to stop the wedding, or not stop the wedding, but letting them have that happy, happy day. And yeah. that whole thing, 
probably still happened in this realm because that's when she announced the curse, but then they defeated her. So here it's like the same thing is happening again in this realm. Yeah, it's hard to say. They might have defeated her before that day, before the wedding. But Mm. I knew what we were going to hear her say the moment they showed the room. (laughs) And there were other little touches like how Snow reached across and took David's sword, but for a different purpose this time. Mm -hmm. And Evil Queen's spooky kind of gliding walk the airport walk (laughs) yeah yep i didn't understand why emma would call henry kid maybe that was some of real emma leaking through bleeding through that's the phrase we have to use on once upon a time you're right (laughs) i thought i thought that was the when she said that was the first indication that we had that she'd come back to her to her senses but Uh, did she say kid earlier I don't think before before Regina took Snow and David. Mm. I don't think she did. Okay. Not that I noticed. And it would make sense for little things like that to bleed through because she's you can see it in her eyes the way that Jennifer Morrison is playing the character is letting these things kind of express that there's this conflict of, huh? Wait a minute, that that seems kind of familiar. A little deja vu with this and we see that then until when they actually have their little showdown but speaking of showdowns david and the evil queen try to have theirs inside of storybrook and this is where i think maybe there was a wish that happened before this that we didn't see if we're going to go with that rule that all three wishes have to be used before the lamp can transfer ownership but then again it wouldn't make so much sense why evil queen would be so protective of the lamp if she's already used her three wishes. Mm -hmm. But it was also in this scene that David called the evil queen a snake. And she even emphasized it. A snake? Yeah, which I guess probably Mm -hmm. made a lot of people go, what is it? Some evil version of David created by his wish under the hood? (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) So, if David wished for evil queen to get what she deserved what a david move (laughs) yes that's kind of smart yeah but what if like the wishing world or whatever decides even what that means what she deserves what if suddenly she was just a villain with a lump of coal in her hand like, what if she got a glass of water? Here, you, I mean, even evil people, water. Deserve to drink. There you go. What <laughs> Stay a stupid hydrated. wish. <laughs> what if that wish resulted in the ground opening up and swallowing Regina and the mayor's office and David and Aladdin and everybody? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't wish like that, David. David move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe one of the consequences of this wish is Gideon's coming. What if David's wish is what opened the door somehow or portal or opened the ability for Gideon to come? Because what was the first thing Gideon did when he came is he turned evil queen into the snake. Mm -hmm. She got what she deserved. Yes. And it was a snake like David had said here in this Mm -hmm. scene. Mm -hmm. Yep. So his wish was fulfilled. David trying to get his kid killed. Back to the wish realm with this showdown between 
Regina pretending to be the evil queen, and Emma. Which, by the way, Lana Perea is continually amazing. Yeah. Same episode, she can play modern Regina, as in reformed Regina, mm-hmm. the new evil queen with her sort of unique qualities, and new Regina pretending to be old-style evil queen. And, and yet you can yeah. still tell that it's Regina pretending yes. to be yes. evil queen, but not even pretending. Like, she doesn't just go into these scenes and be like, now I get to just play evil queen the same way in all my scenes. It's still different. It's amazing. There are probably some subtle makeup differences, too. Like, maybe not as sharp of contrast, not as vivid of colors, maybe, or not as dark be. of lines. Something like, I- I'm not a makeup person. She's um, also holding her mouth differently in yeah. In each one of those characters, she is that woman deserves many, mm-hmm. many awards for the job she's done on this show. I'm always impressed with her. It's subtle, and I suppose you know if mm-hmm. you knew exactly what her method was, maybe you could pick it out. But it's sort of like it's not like a sudden camera angle change and she makes a no. face. It's yeah. no, she's doing it. Yeah, it's great. No, my son had the same kind of reaction on a. The Saturday Night Live where Alec Baldwin dropped his impersonation and just became Alec Baldwin again. And my son said, wait a minute, he he doesn't look like that. I'm like, no, he's the guy from Beetlejuice. What? You know, it, Because it was such a shock to see an actor really completely come out of character and just relax their face, relax their voice, hmm. be themselves again. We don't, we don't see that if they do a good job. Right. And Lana Priya sure does. She's great. I find it funny that there is an actual key to the kingdom. Yeah, what does that key even do? And why does giving it to her represent surrender? And might it be something that we'll see again since they're staying in this wish realm? Okay, they better not stay in the wish realm. Let's just put that out there. And every time I say (laughs) that, they wrap things up in like one episode, and I'm very proud of them for that. Here is where I would put another vote toward this is all fake. David Mm. and Snow just sit there like a couple of animatronic dummies. She's surrendering the kingdom. The two people that we've seen, I mean, their history shouldn't be that different. They fought. They won. They've guarded the kingdom. I know Snow uncharacteristically said, this family is done fighting. But they just, they didn't say a word. As Emma, they, they didn't say, no, Emma, let her kill us. Go rule the kingdom. Like, what? And, and they barely, they didn't even make sounds when they were suffering. They just bent over a little bit when their hearts were being crushed. That's true. I, mm, it was weird. But I'm going to just say it's it's a vote for the fake kingdom. I, I think they were <laughs> held down by magic in some way. Like even the way their hands were together, it looked like they had their hands cuffed in some way or tied together or just were being magically held. So yeah. maybe she silenced them too. The thing is, Regina, it was Regina. She's not that mm-hmm. mean. Yeah. <laughs> She's not vindictive like, shut up, you two. <laughs> but Henry is the hero here. And Henry helps Emma remember because if Henry wasn't there, then then Emma would not have remembered. Regina would have had to find some other way yeah. to make Emma remember. So to vote the other way, Regina also acted like a fake intelligence version of herself. Yes. Why just stand there and let fake Henry kill you? 
poof away. What in the world? Well, maybe she was thinking this will be the only way for Emma to realize who she is. So if I have to die for the Savior to recognize mm-hmm. who she really is, I'm willing yeah. to make that sacrifice. Live That's to, what I thought was going on. I'd say live to wake her up another day. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're wrong, then you're both gone forever. Yeah, but you wouldn't be around to see the, the failure, so that would be okay. <laughs> it's okay if everything <laughs> falls apart and everyone you love After. dies as long as yeah. you die first. That's right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's her carrying on a little bit of the evil side of her, going, eh, you know what? <laughs> I think there were several actually very important axioms in this particular episode, that being one of them, and the other being, if you have a genie, Keep the lamp on you. <laughs> Don't put it down. These are rules to live by. I think that's a very good rule. See? <laughs> it's, it's the simple things, but they're important. Ash in our chat room suggested that maybe the key also goes to some kind of portal, a door that could take Ooh. them out of this wish realm. That would be really interesting. Uh, That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe a key the true nature of which is unknown by the fake people. Mm-hmm. Could be. And who can pass through that door? I don't know. And we don't need two Henrys, but this Henry, I think, would seem content to be the hero of this realm. Uh, because after all, that's really the position that he's taking, is that he, he said earlier, I'll defend you all. And here he's the one to forget to say, hey, but he's the one who threw the sword <laughs> and became the hero of the scene and they didn't do anything to him. They left him there at some moment. I'm sure they let him be unfrozen. But also Regina couldn't let herself do something to him, even though she knew he was fake. But Snow and David, you know, well, yeah. some part of her always wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's her one chance. But it was dark. <laughs> it was dark. Yes, it was dark. So if this is another realm... I think Prince Henry will continue as the hero that this realm needs and deserves. He may be the hero for this realm, but apparently he shouldn't kill anyone. So maybe he's going to be evil Henry or something. Emma said that she woke up because she realized he was going to kill and become everything she never wanted him to be. Whatever. We don't have to dwell on that. But again, it's okay to kill the villain when there's no other way in self-defense. Now, maybe that was revenge in this case, but from what they knew of the evil queen and what he believed, she was going to kill many, many more people and had just murdered his grandparents. So I don't think that's terribly unheroic. And I will get back to that because there is a very funny double standard that I will be talking about in a little while. And speaking of funny double standards, you know the heroes who don't have funny double standards? They are our heroes for this podcast. We could not do this podcast without our heroes. So big thanks to this nice big list of heroes for this episode. Lisa Slack, Lisa R., Jill Sherrod, Aaron Nunnally, Greg Shope, Marianne Lavati, DJ Firewolf, and we have a new hero to thank for this episode, John Gregory Kars, and our 25 heroes on Patreon. Thank you very, very much for supporting this podcast. You come, you bring the keys to the kingdom or the key, and 
you don't just toss it away. You give it to us, not because you are a coward, but because you are a hero. You give the key to our hearts or your heart, depending on which way you want to look at this. Nonetheless, thank you very much for supporting <laughs> the podcast. It does help. And especially now that we're coming up to a hiatus, even though we won't have episodes as frequently, it does still cost to maintain the podcast because we still need to pay for the website hosting, still need to pay for the backups, still need to pay for hosting the stats and all of this other stuff. So we are very grateful for your support continuing even during the hiatus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you would like to be a hero to the podcast and have your name mentioned, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero and thank you for your support yes thank you for keeping our podcast and website from going the way of regina's castle (laughs) (laughs) well played back in storybrook we've been portaled (laughs) yes we have it's a verb it's a verb The first thing that we see Gideon do when he comes out is turn the evil queen into the snake. In a very powerful looking way. In a very dark looking way. Yes. In a way that didn't look like he possessed magic himself. No? He threw dust at her. Oh. Dark, black, fairy dust Uh. (laughs) that turned the evil queen into a small creature... Does this sound familiar? Yes, it does now. When you put it that way, it sounds like Trollbridge. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. remember where Snow White said she got that dust? No. She got it from a dark fairy or a black fairy. I don't remember if back then she referred to it as dark fairy or black fairy, but I didn't remember that until this episode, that it was way back then we heard about a dark fairy. I didn't remember that. Holy cow. I'm going to have to go back and listen. Wow. So, mm-hmm. I think... Now, he may have magic. He may not. We really don't know. If he had magic, I think the battle with Emma would go a little bit differently. It would be a bit more magic-filled. And it would make sense now that Rumple is the one who poofs away Emma's sword because Rumple is thinking, Don't hurt my baby! Wow. <laughs> In a very different <laughs> version of Rumple, Alternate universe Rumple. In a bell voice. <laughs> But I think that if if Gideon had magic, then he could have just done some magic to Evil Queen. And that's what would have turned her into a snake. But he didn't. It was specifically dust. Black dust that he threw at her. You can watch it again and you see it's Mm -hmm. dust he throws at her. Not a magic thing that he does. Interesting. Makes him seem less Mm -hmm. powerful, but interesting nevertheless. Back at the Charmings, David is upset at himself for what he has become. Now, keep that in mind because you're going to hear that theme repeat itself in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) What has David become, Daniel? He tried to kill the fake evil queen. Mm -hmm. How evil of him. Did Emma not express the exact same desire earlier in the episode and no one said a word? I believe the exact words were, the evil queen needs to die. The only objection offered was, mom, don't do it, because what if that's how you die? Mm -hmm. Nothing about killing the evil queen. Nothing. But David tries, and suddenly, oh, look how he's turning dark. 
What if he's turned? What if he's just like his brother? Blah, blah, blah. She's not even real. Yeah, but I think that what he's going through here is realizing that he is becoming desperate and that without snow there, he's starting to do some really rash things. Obviously, we've seen that in this episode. <laughs> starting? <laughs> yeah, he's been doing some really rash things. And, and that's what he's recognizing is, oh, what am I doing? What have I done? I've made a big mess. I continue making a mess. This needs to stop. Well, I feel a plot point coming, unfortunately, <laughs> because it's just uh, something is being shoehorned in that doesn't feel like a natural progression. And I hope that doesn't mean that the second half of the season is not going to live up to how much I've loved the first half. Hmm. I'll I'll have faith that that's not what that means. But it did feel odd that suddenly this was a dilemma out of all the things that he should have on his mind right now. This is mm-hmm. something that is occupying a good portion of his brain power. <laughs> <laughs> and Ariana mentions in the chat room that David brought up his brother, which makes me kind of wonder, does his brother still exist in the other realm? So every year we're going to have a realm where we can see all the dead people? Yeah, it's Forgotten Character Island. Alternate reality Forgotten Character Island. If Mila is somehow still alive, she'd be really old, but maybe something preserved her. Just like maybe there was a small curse. And people <laughs> from hundreds of years ago got maybe maybe the fake world, the wish realm, the alternate timeline, whatever, comes with all the other realms too. Korra could still be around. <laughs> just bring them all back. Just do it. But not if they're all operated by artificial intelligence like the Robin Hood that we saw. We'll, we'll get to him in a moment. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, when did Westworld come into this? No, 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 no. <laughs> Jasmine uses her first wish to wish her and... Aladdin back to Agrabah, wherever it is. in my brain, is buried in the sand. So good job on killing both of you. Yeah, it could be buried. Right. Could be under the sea. (laughs) And there's this show's reckless wish number three. (laughs) (laughs) They've all been reckless wishes. Take us to Agrabah. (laughs) Well, it was put into a volcano, but okay. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of seems like they're going off to Forgotten Character Island, but as Jessica Frey pointed out, She said, Aladdin said, don't worry, we'll be back. Because Aladdin said that, I think Aladdin and Jasmine will be back sooner than expected because of that quote. I agree. I'm not as confident anymore because when Lancelot left, Mm -hmm. I said that he was was going for a very specific purpose and he would be back. We never saw him again. (laughs) So I, you know, I don't know. But I think that that was... I don't think they're done. I think they'll be back probably not in the spring mid-season premiere, but shortly thereafter. Or maybe. And it makes me wonder about Jafar, too. I've been looking for Jafar under every rock (laughs) this season. (laughs) Me, too. (laughs) I've been disappointed to not find him anywhere. And with Jasmine and Aladdin going back to Agrabah, I kind of want to see what happens. I want to know what happened to Agrabah. 
I want to know where Jafar is. They cast Jafar so well since they couldn't get Naveen Andrews. I've said this before. I know. I think it would be a shame not to use this new Jafar again. Well, they've made what happened to Agrabah such a question, like Mm -hmm. not in the forefront, but they've, they've put it out there several times. So I would be very disappointed (laughs) to say it like it's a Horowitz if we didn't get to find out what happened. (laughs) Yeah. So watch in March when the season comes back, Rumpel and Bell have this fight inside of Gold's and there's this moment where their fight kind of breaks through and that's when Bell says, what have we done to each other? Notice that theme. David is saying basically the same thing. What's been happening, it seems, is that after this whole season of everyone tearing themselves apart. Yay! I've been waiting all night for it. (laughs) There's been this whole season of that or half a season. And now... They're kind of recognizing it. They're basically saying, wow, what have we done? We have torn ourselves apart. We have done everything Mm. that the evil queen wanted us to do. She is Mm. getting her wishes granted by our own actions and our own free will. Very true. I find this new realm that we learn about, the dark realm, to be very interesting because Rumpel says there are realms of dark magic, places of immense dark power that even he can't reach. And that this particular place, time runs differently. Uh, nothing makes sense. And anything's possible. Kind of sounds like Wonderland and Neverland and Land of Untold Stories <laughs> and a whole bunch of different realms kind all, of smashed together. Yes, all rolled into one little realm ball. And when you mix all different colors of paint together, you get black (laughs) or very, very dark gray. So (laughs) this, this realm, I want to see it. I want it to look completely different from anything else we've ever seen. I mean, think of the realms we've seen that have been really creative or interesting. We've seen the basement to the underworld, which was this, this, weird cave-like place and you know hellish sort of place we've seen neverland which is basically just a tropical forest (laughs) we've seen uh the land of one-way mirrors which was a pretty interesting realm as far as realms go interesting is one word for it (laughs) we've seen the land of untold stories we've seen other places like a library exploded yeah I think this this place, the dark realm, I think that could be like the ultimate darkness. And, and that's the thing. Each of these villains that we've seen season after season pretty much compounds in its their, their darkness. And it's like, oh, you think so-and-so was bad. Well, this one's even worse. <laughs> well, now this one's even worse. No, this one is even worse. No, this one. I can't even go where they go. They're so bad. Well, despite Rumpelstiltskin taking children, supposedly, we haven't really seen him do that per se. Yeah. But his mother, on the other hand, definitely Mm -hmm. takes children. What's she doing with them? Is she raising them? She could be raising an army, literally. Feeding them to something? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are they the entire population of this dark realm? Is it hers? Is she like the queen? 
of it? Does time just have to move differently in the way that if anyone goes there, they age more rapidly? Because Gideon was not gone very long. Right. Although we don't know exactly how long because those nuns decided not to call Bell when there was a problem. They waited for Bell to call the convent. But wasn't it interesting <laughs> that when we saw the blue fairy, she looked sick, but didn't she also look older? I didn't think she looked older. She I thought she looked beat down. We yeah. haven't seen her. We've seen her either in blue fairy mode or mother superior mode. We've never seen her just like with her hair let down, but not made up and glowing. <laughs> well, we will definitely have the screenshot in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 277 so you can see it. But I think she looks older and mm. she did say when they talked to her, she did say it was dark. Mm. So I wonder if she was trying to go somewhere like someplace that only fairies can go and she was thinking, oh, where can I go? And somehow she like took a wrong turn and ended up in this dark realm or maybe was captured and taken there and that's where she fought. And so she aged a little bit and it happened so fast that then she was cast out, but she did still age some. Well, see, I would think though that if time moves differently, you literally experience all that time. So to age to the point where people could see it, you would have to feel that you've been there for years, even if not very much time passed in our world. Yeah, that's true. And uh, Blue Fairy didn't say anything about how long she had actually been there. I don't think she did. Uh, but she did say that she fought as hard as she could and fighting as hard as she can doesn't really sound like something that would happen in only a few minutes or a day, but it could be that she fought for days, for could months, be. for what felt like years. Mm. Then again, Zelina fought as hard as she could, and that was just getting thrown against a barn door. She doesn't look that much older, but I do think she does look a little bit older. What do you think? You can look at the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 277 to let us know. Gideon goes over to Rumpel's. And that's when, <laughs> to put it mildly, <laughs> <laughs> that's when he removes the hood. And now we know this whole season what we've, what some have been suspecting that it's Gideon under the hood, Gideon who will fight against Emma, Gideon who on that day in that battle will kill Emma. And I've probably even heard that theory. It just didn't make sense because he seemed so bent on being good. Yeah. I wonder if appearing in Bell's dreams was. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. I was going to say if it was an he attempt to avoid her. the life that he has, like if he was appearing sort of backward in time, like but but he basically got her to send him away with Blue, which is how he ends up with Black Fairy. He played her. He totally played her. Maybe. Do you think that he was playing her this whole time? Like this is what he wanted? I, that was my in, initial response, but I'm not joking. The first time I saw him on screen, I went, Mordred. Do you, something about him just creeped me out as a, as a, as a, as a person. <laughs> wow. Do you think he's not even their son? It Maybe it was well, all a play to get th their child? That crossed my mind, but I don't... I mean, he's, he's clearly he's got to be strong with something yeah. because he's going to go up against Emma. So my guess is, no, he's probably really their kid. But 
But if he, if he taps into whatever the dark fairies thing is and gold is afraid of the dark fairy, then, then I, I, I don't, wouldn't put anything past him because that's the first time we've heard anybody really talk about anybody. Isn't it more powerful than gold? Hasn't, hasn't he been kind of the uber, uber, uber baddie? Well, Pan. As the dark one? Gold did oh, refer to Pan as someone we all should fear. That's true. And Pan did at many times. He did do bad things. Rumple. That's true. Yeah, I wonder, uh, it seems like everything that we saw of Gideon before, it seemed like he didn't want the darkness. But now he's embraced it all. And the way that he says, hello, mother, hello, father. Mm-hmm. It's like Jack Nicholson. You really can't tell. Is he angry at either of them? Is he happy to see them? You can't tell. There's just this mischievousness to him. Well, I will say it was far more deadpan when he spoke to Belle than when he spoke to Rumpel. Yeah. There was kind of a not a good smile when he talked to Rumpel. No, I got Norman Bates off that part. (laughs) It went from Mordred to Norman Bates. So, I mean, it's more probably more compelling if he's really their son, but he also could be someone who just, for some particular reason, wanted their son and manipulated Mm. them into parting with him because it should theoretically be pretty hard to get Rumpel's son away from him. I I think he is totally Rumpel and Belle's son, especially since we know that and they said in this episode that this dark realm is a place mm, where time right. works differently, which is different than we've seen other times that time works differently, like Neverland, where it seems like time is slower in Neverland. Here, time is faster. Man, his pregnancy was sped up. His Well, maybe his life wasn't sped up, but <laughs> from our perspective, it was. It was kind of predictable that something would happen because they had already cast him as an adult. Right. And he hadn't had any real significant role other than appearing in the dreams, which still wasn't that significant. Right. How did he convince Belle that he really was her son? I, I think that was one of the episodes that I wasn't here for. True love's kiss. That's what awoke Belle That's from the right. dream. He kissed That's her it. on the forehead and that was true love's kiss. Uh, which would make sense for a baby to do. Yeah. <laughs> even even an evil baby. Yes, yeah. it would make sense, total sense I mean, for a baby to appear as an adult and somehow break a curse from inside a dream. What makes well, sure. sense about it is that if <laughs> it was all true... the inside of the womb. <laughs> if it was all true, what does make sense about it is only Belle's baby could do that like no one else's baby could do that no one else outside of that relationship could awaken bell with true love's kiss yes so if rumpel couldn't do it mo french wouldn't do it bell's baby okay that's the only other one who could do it theoretically i know one thought you might have is well because the pregnancy was sped up for gideon maybe that's what continued to age him But then you might also think, well, what about baby Robin? Mm -hmm. Baby Robin's pregnancy was sped up with the same kind of magic, and baby Robin isn't aging more quickly. Right. That was one only because we already had an actor playing their son as an adult. Did I think, oh, what if it just doesn't stop? And Blue goes off with him, and then she's like, um, so he's grown up. (laughs) But also there are problems because you should just be a fully grown 
babbling child, <laughs> except that this particular child, as I've said before, is a very smart, unborn child. He already knew a lot of things. And I mentioned Zelina, which they didn't mention in this episode. We didn't see anything of Zelina, you know, being all maniacal and motherly at home. Right. But Zelina has, for the most part, just stayed back in her little cottage and not interfered with almost any of this. And it's kind of disappointing that we didn't get to see anything with Zelina. But I think if they tried to show us something with Zelina, it would have fit too much in this episode. And maybe they even filmed that, but they couldn't fit it in. Maybe. I mean, Snow and David weren't in the last episode. Yeah. So I it's, think they take mm-hmm. turns in some cases. Zelina could be key in bringing Regina and Emma back home. That's true. With or without a Ooh. twister. <laughs> yeah. Once they figure any of that out, shouldn't she be able to just sort of wave that wand when she figures out kind of what to lock on to? If it's an actual realm, she should be able to make a portal pretty easily since she's the best portal or the best realm jumper we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Now that we know that Gideon is the one under the hood. Which I was actually surprised by. Why? Why would he want to defeat Emma? Is it that his heart is now completely turned to darkness and he wants to snuff out the light oops sorry wrong season he wants to (laughs) defeat anyone who doesn't have light or refuses to turn to the dark side (laughs) the dark side i I figured she was protecting everybody else or trying trying to protect everybody else Mm -hmm. from from him so she was just in his way that's right she did say in the vision i won't let you hurt them yeah 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 that's right now what if the them she's referring to is rumple and bell because Ooh. David, Snow, and and Henry run up to this fight that's going on in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. They're not just standing mm-hmm. by while Emma is protecting them. Right. Right. So this could also tie into this this mischievous look, this evil look that Gideon has when he sees Belle and Rumple. Uh-huh. What are the bystanders wearing in the vision? Ooh. Uh, normal clothes, I think. I can't remember exactly what. Because now I want to see how winterized they are. Because <laughs> Emma's wearing a tank top, but she was wearing a big old coat for the rest of this episode. Well, you don't want to fight no, you with don't. a sword when you're you wearing don't. a big coat. You get pretty sweaty. Mm-hmm. I know. I agree. It could I'm mean with nothing. You. I'm just thinking this could play out in a, a little more like, yes, he arrived in the hood, but then maybe he takes it off and lives with them for a while and things develop over time before this battle. They sit down, they get a cup of joe at Granny's, <laughs> got to talk it out a little, hug it out, that fails, then you fight. Well, I get it. Yeah, there could be a quick way into that battle, but it actually almost doesn't, it still doesn't make sense. His presence does not automatically equal battle in the street. So I think some time may pass in the spring before... Or maybe sometime will have passed, but I think there's more development of this part of the story that's needed before they're just sword fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how far into next the next half of the season it's going to take before we get to that, if it's going to be all the way. Our last scene to discuss is this one that's painful and beautiful and all kinds of emotions and all kinds of feels, if you want to word it in that kind of millennial way. When wow. Emma and Regina are on the shore... Um, Again, keep in mind, the bean can transport people between realms. Out of a wish. 
which that actually doesn't make a lot of sense. So you're right. Really makes me feel like this is an actual realm. How can a fake bean create a portal from a fake realm to a real one? Yeah. I mean, if a fake bean can do that, why can't just a fake person open a fake portal to a real world? Yeah. So there is magic in this realm in some way. There are going to be consequences. Or I wonder if the writers even recognize that there have to be consequences to this if this is an actual realm. Rumpel lost his dungeon craziness. Did you notice that? He was a little more <laughs> upright and coherent. Well, he's had a day in the real world. Yeah. He's had some chance. Some raising, real air. Raising fake villages. Yeah. <laughs> Robin. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which I have to say did not produce feels for me. <laughs> it was like, come on, just go through the portal. You've established this is fake. He's acting real fake. Just jump in the portal. You're saying you had no more feels left to give? <laughs> sure. I don't know, Jeremy. What does that what does that tell me about you now? Here I thought I had you all figured out. <laughs> well, he's mm. <laughs> bringing him back after such a controversial death is yeah. a loophole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not super bright right now. This is a robbery. Are you aware that there's a giant green magical portal at their feet? What What in the world? That doesn't phase you at all? That doesn't scare you? Do you see this kind of thing every day? He's not even acting like a real person. That makes no sense. That's a good point. So you think they're going to fringe it up and try to bring this fake Robin into I don't Storybook? Have any idea. Um, I'm not interested in that if they do that. But I will say... I said the exact same thing about Evil Queen. I said, she's fake and I'm not interested. And it was interesting. It's been great. So I'm not going to condemn the idea, (laughs) but it (laughs) sounds like a terrible idea. Meredith of Everett, Washington said, Emma, Regina, and Robin will all go back to Storybrooke. And then Regina will either tell him straight out of their past or just go about flirting with him and hoping he'll fall for her all over again. But either way, I think Robin's back for good. I doubt they'd kill him off twice. (laughs) No, but if they establish that he's fake and they just leave this realm, then... Or they try to bring him back and he was part of a wish and he disappears. Well... You bring up the wish. Wishing well. This came from Christine, her first piece of feedback to our podcast. Longtime listener, first time caller. She said, I just wanted to mention something sweet and stupid about Charming's <laughs> wish to give the evil queen exactly what she deserved. Since Regina is the same person as the evil queen and can even make wishes on the queen's genie, it is all Charming's fault Emma and Regina are stuck. By making his wish, the queen became the snake she is, and that he called her earlier. But also, Regina, not evil queen, Regina got what she deserved by getting her true love back. Oh, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now, does she get her true love back? David. (laughs) Uh, This man does not love Regina. Could she win his love, maybe? 
Is it like they have to go through some kind of traumatic experience, drive their boat off a dock and nearly die before they can recognize who they actually are and remember their past? And then they say, I've got somewhere I got need to be. My goodness. I think they just need to give him their jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> before he shoots them with arrows. Would Robin do that? Why is he robbing them? Because they look rich. So Robin what? Hood, That's not what Robin Hood did. Robin Hood robs from the rich to give to the poor. But there was a connotation or an implication that he robbed from corrupt rich people, wasn't there? Or no? Mm-hmm. I thought True. so. So this is even like a bad Robin Hood. Well, no, because when he sees Regina, he thinks that she's the evil queen. So why not rob her? Maybe. Of course, I don't know why he wouldn't expect to get his head knocked off. For- I don't trying to rob the evil queen but i don't think he's old enough to know what the evil queen looks like why isn't he old oh because he's fake Mm. his age is a problem yeah yeah and you know what we're gonna see that for a lot of characters their ages being problems unless you just (sighs) assume that certain people's ages were shifted too in this wish realm but they just somehow still exist yeah Mm. I'm not buying it. Except for the the dwarves can still be the same age because the dwarves are just kind of always they're born old. True. And missing Dopey. (laughs) Now I know (laughs) the character who plays Dopey is no longer on the show. He's retired from the or resigned from the show. Uh, So that's why they said that Dopey is off getting his degree in the real world. Uh, He's no longer (laughs) on the show. So So... Stealthy seems to be back though. Once upon a time that. is literally one dwarf short of the seven dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> they replaced That's a t-shirt. Dopey with stealthy. <laughs> hey, speaking of t-shirts, Christmas is coming up and this is a great time to get a gift for yourself or for someone you love. Get a once upon a time t-shirt. They are on sale and they'll be on and off sales throughout December. So go to oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts and pick out a shirt for yourself. There are some really cool ones there. I found one. I'm going to get one uh, actually for myself, and I found the one I'm going to get. So when I get it, I'll take a photo of myself, and I'll tweet it from the Ones Podcast account. If you get one of these T-shirts from onespodcast.com slash T-shirts, then tweet us a photo as well, or post it on our Facebook page, or email it to us, or something. All of our contact information is in the show notes for this episode at onespodcast.com slash 277. We'd love to see you in one of those cool, fun, Once Upon a Time t-shirts. There are some manly-looking ones. There are some girly-looking ones. There are gender-neutral-looking ones. So you've got plenty of choices there. And there are different sizing options, different comfort options as well. So right now, at the time of this recording, they are on sale. So go to oncepodcast.com slash t-shirts. They may not be on sale at the time that you hear this, but keep checking back each day. They might go on sale again before Christmas, but nonetheless, get one of them. We'd love to see you in those shirts. And it's a way of supporting the podcast too, because a portion of your purchase does come back to support the podcast. Now, this is going to be a long hiatus, I know, but we've got a lot of big things happening. (laughs) Need I remind you? Yes, I do need to remind you just because I love it so much. Yes. In a land near Cincinnati, someone... (laughs) is lurking in the darkness. Silent, growing, and waiting to get out. From award-winning podcaster Daniel J. Lewis, 
and the absolutely gorgeous Jenny Lewis. Baby. Coming New Year's Eve. You know what's even creepier now is how much this ties in with the Gideon storyline. That trailer. (laughs) Yes, it does. And I made that before Gideon was even a thing. (laughs) When Gideon was still a twinkle in Rumpelstiltskin's eye? Yes. (laughs) So, yes, I will be having a baby. Well, my wife will be the one having the baby. But, you know, I, I did help. Uh, and you'll, you'll I, I will be helping wow. in the delivery of the baby, <laughs> and uh, I'll be there. And uh, I know my wife will be amazing and strong. And and so we're going to have a baby during this hiatus, <laughs> uh, which will be really nice to have the hiatus. There probably <laughs> won't be any episodes of the podcast except one spoiler episode sometime in February, probably. But you can still send us your feedback, your thoughts and theories. You can comment on the show notes. You can share our episodes. You can participate in the forums and more, all at oncepodcast.com. And in the meantime, the best way to stay connected with us as podcasters would be follow us on Twitter at oncepodcast and follow each of us individually as well, because I will still be on Twitter, even though I'll be taking a hiatus from all of the podcasts that I do and the other business ventures that I'm involved in. I'll still be on Twitter during the same time. So follow me, Daniel J. Lewis, on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. And follow me, Jeremy Laughlin, on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And you can follow me, Heather Ordover, at Twitter at Mama O. This podcast would not be possible without our great team behind us, helping us, supporting us for each episode. So special thanks to Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanis from AudioEditingSolutions.com for editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing our spoilers. You'll hear from them in a couple months. Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Kev for masterminding our timeline, And thanks to my fellow co-hosts, Jeremy, Aaron, Heather, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting this podcast with me. And until next time, which will be a long time from now, (laughs) a toast to you, to me, to us. And rest assured that after I find my son, I will gladly finish the job. (laughs) And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you would like to be a hero too, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And then when you come before the enemy and you bring that gift of your hero ship, the key, and you're holding that key before the enemy, my secret weapon is this. What is that? Is it super small? I don't see anything. It's my hand. I want you to take it. You want me to take your hand off? No, I want you to join me. And you will join us in this when you become a hero. So please become a hero over at oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support. I snuck that in at the end because I forgot to sneak it in earlier.
when referring to the key, I was totally thinking of the Lego movie. Oh. <laughs> when, when Regina says, is, is that a weapon? <laughs> Lego movie. You got to watch it. That's mm-hmm. your assignment during this hiatus. You absolutely must watch the Lego movie and you will not regret it. I second that. Thanks for listening. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And next time you hear from me, there will be a screaming baby somewhere in the house. <laughs>